Hello, this is Mindy with Revive Your Soul with Mindy Joy Podcast. You could check out my website at Mindy Joy Ministries. Um, you could check check out my music at MindyJoyMusic.com. But anyways, I am very excited to be with you at this moment. Whenever it is that the Lord leads you to listen to this podcast about things won't change without your words. Things won't change without your words. And I was inspired to speak on this topic when I read 1 Kings chapter 17 yesterday. And it's it's interesting because a lot of times the things that I are really in my heart to share, I go through um, warfare with it. Like, for example, um, things just seemed very nebulous yesterday. Like, I just couldn't get it together to speak. Um, things won't change without your words. How ironic. I couldn't get it together to speak. And I was very, I was still very tired from a trip that I was on. But here I am, fresh in the morning. And it, uh, I, for whatever reason, this is very vulnerable for me to talk about. I am a creative type, so those of you who are predominantly creative types, I think everybody's a creative type, but some people are more um, mathematically inclined. They do better with rote facts. They're more scientific. They're more mathematical. I definitely am of the creative nature. I like to um, write music. I like to um, do these podcasts. I like to create things, but I can't do that without having downtime for the Lord to um, inspire me on what to speak on, what to sing on, how to encourage somebody else. I need to have that time with the Lord. I need for my body to be rested, my mind to be rested, so I can be an open vessel to hear from God in um, my whole being, my spirit, soul, and body. So whenever I read the Word of God um, with the ancient, I like to call it what I've heard other people, a few people refer to it as the ancient, most holiest, powerful text, and that's um, the Bible. And it, inspi- it, it never, ever does not inspire me. Every morning when I read it, it just inspires me so much that it's challenging to leave this time. It's challenging to leave and start my day. It's challenging for me to leave my prayer time and the Bible to just do the work so that I need to do to actually carry out what I read about and what the Lord imparted to me. And it's uh, it's a balancing act. I think we all can relate to that. So I just want to stir you up that things won't change without your words. So The reason I talked all about what I just said is because I can have a lot of ideas, I can have a lot of wonderful intentions, but if I don't speak them out, if I don't act on them, and they're just things that swirl around my head, like clouds that just go by and, you know, they dissipate and you don't think about them anymore. You know, you look and you think, oh, that's interesting. It was a sunny day. Now it's raining and you're not sitting there you know, remembering about a specific cloud that you saw in the morning at 6 a.m. on the way to work. It just passed by. It's like nothing sticks. Like you got to speak. You got to put those vibrations in the atmosphere. I think it's really interesting 
that in the book of Ephesians, um, it describes uh, Satan, you know, and, and demons and dark forces um, as uh, being, you know, Satan being the prince of the, he's, I think it says, oh, I should look it up. Prince of the power of the air. He's got the power of the air, the airwaves. Um, we, when we speak praise, we make vibrations. We are um, invading the airwaves around us when we speak with vibration, with a vibration from our voice. And each of us has a unique voice, a unique expression that won't exist when we leave the earth. There's no two voices that have ever been identical, ever. We may sound like other people, singers may sing like other people, but no voice is exactly like the other, like nobody has the same handprints. Nobody is even, um, twins, even identical twins are very different from each other. Um, let's see. So, um, so as I was sharing that, we know that, um, Satan is the prince of the power of the air here. I've got the exact scripture in front of me, Ephesians 2, it says, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins. Okay, dead, nothing happening, no life, in which you once walked, following the course of this world. Well, you know, following the course of this world is just taking any old idea. You know, somebody telling you you're a loser, and it's like, yeah, God didn't say that about you, but um, that was, you know, spoken over you, and you're following the course of this world. You know, what was spoken over you, the co course of... You know, you can never get out of this um, community, this neighborhood. You're always going to be someone who's going to make this limited amount of money. Or, um, you know, you can never be, um, you can never create anything. You're always bad at math. You're always, you know, you're a shy person. So you'll never be somebody who can overcome to, you know, um, to produce something that's been in your heart to do or, Whatever, you know, whatever the thing is that's negative, that's keeping you from doing something that you've always longed to do, from opening up your heart to somebody, from um, creating something. Let's just say that we all have something that we can contribute to somebody else on a daily basis. Um, and it says that following the prince in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Okay, so following the prince of the power of the air, just thoughts, poof, just thoughts. Just let the negative thoughts dissipate like clouds. Let those thoughts, but speak out the ones that do bring life to you, that do bring life to others, that do bring healing to others, that do bring hope to others. Speak only those words. It takes discipline, but you're going to start to see a change. So let me um, go back to the text of first Kings chapter 17, because it keeps me grounded with a point that I wanted to make, um, to you and that I wanted my words to be brought out to the atmosphere that I think were words of truth, words of life. And I'm going to start with, um, the, the beginning of 
of chapter 17, 1 Kings. It's about Elijah predicts a drought. That's the heading of my um, English Standard Version Bible that I'm reading today. But isn't it interesting, just right there, Elijah predicts a drought. You can't predict nothing without speaking, number one. You could think it, but you're just a daydreamer. Nobody knows that you ever thought it, and you're just going to die with those thoughts unborn. And so it says, now Elijah the Tishbite of Tishbe and Gilead, if I'm saying it right. Um, so we're told that he's from somewhere. This is a real person from real parents. This is not a make-believe fairy tale person. As the Lord of God Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. So God had commanded, in a sense, Elijah um, that... Um, that there's going to be no rain except by the word of God. Word is speaking. And guess who he's going to um, speak it to? And the word of the Lord came to him, who was Elijah. So again, we see the word, the word, the word, the word. What is the word? Something that you speak. Something that you speak into life. The Lord created this whole earth by what he spoke in, in Jesus chapter 1. He spoke and there was. He spoke and there was. He spoke and he created. So you can, what my late pastor used to say, is that you can frame your world by your words. Um, depart and, and they're words based on truth, words based on the word of God, not just any old words. I know that there's other belief systems out there that say, um, you know, gee, like today I'm going to win the lottery. I'm going to keep speaking it. I'm going to win the lottery. And no, um, I hope, you know, um, bless you if you win the lottery. That's awesome. But, but it's not like this magical thing. It's based on the word of God. So God is very specific to Elijah and he says, um, um, except by my word, except by what God says. And the word of the Lord came to him. And so um, Elijah spoke what God told him. And it was so powerful that the rain stopped. The rain stopped for years. And and then not only that, but God brings these miracles to Elijah and tells him, again, words, communicates with him that um, that when he when he's going to get in trouble because he spoke this word over, um, over Israel and that, uh, that he was in trouble with the leadership because <laughs> it's like, this guy's got some power. He just affected, um, climate change and we're not doing so well. There's a drought. And this, it's all because of this dude over here spoke these words that God said, we, you know, we don't like him very much. So God made a way of escape for him, for his very life. And of all things, he provided for him in two means that without the Lord were impossible. He provided for him with ravens. In verse 6, it says, And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning. Ravens don't give up anything. They are scavengers. They're always wanting to take something. But here... You know, I think it's funny. I don't know how they brought it to him. I don't know if they went to like some wealthy home and, you know, somebody was eating a big steak, you know, during in a picnic area and the ravens just took up that big steak in like where they would normally, you know, um, eat you know, whatever. They brought it to Elijah. I don't know how that came to be, but they brought him bread and meat in the evening and he drank from the brook. So God kept the brook 
you know, clean, I guess. <laughs> and, and these ravens, you know, ravens, that's not their nature. Ravens, um, they, they, they're looking, they're like greedy. They want things for themselves. They don't bring you things. So they brought the meat to him. They brought the bread to him. Um, so they took a trip to the bakery and, and, um, to the food court every day and brought him, it wasn't a keto meal because it was bread and meat. Very interesting too, because somebody who, you know, came from eating disorders, there's so many schools of thoughts. Number one is that grains are of the devil and that meat is of the devil. And it's very interesting that here, this supernatural meal had both just, I'm not giving an opinion either way or telling you what to eat or not eat or that, you know, you, sh you definitely should start eating grains or you definitely should start eating red meat. Um, my personal diet is not high in those things at all, but, um, but just, I don't demonize, you know, food like that. So just, um, no pun intended, but food for thought. <laughs> so here it is that the ravens are, are feeding Elijah. So just when another principle here, when God tells you to do something and to say something, and it's like, there's no way I can do that. There's no way that if I step out and do this, that I'm going to be sustained. No way if I try to do this career, am I going to be sustained. But anything that God tells you to do to change the course of your community, to change the course, to improve somebody's life, to improve the atmosphere, um, to make things better for people, to help other people to prosper, to come out of, um, you know, and here I am stealing words from other ministers, but to come out of faulty lifestyles, burnt out hopes, um, you know, to be a world changer, to, you know, change the course of everything around you, to bring joy in the atmosphere in your office, to bring joy to your family. Any idea that you have is of God. I don't think you have to double think it because, you know, God is, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He wants us to be, you know, peace givers. He said, blessed are the poor. He wants us to bless the poor. It's all over the Bible about how we're blessed when we bless the poor. Um, God wants us, God wants people healed. Anything that we can do to help the brokenhearted to, he's very specific about visiting the sick in the hospital, visiting prisoners, people who are discarded and forgotten. Um, he's very, very specific about, um, you know, the homeless. He's, he's very specific about helping the homeless, about helping the fatherless. You know, we have a, a if I, I want to say it these, you know, like this, but in the se past several decades, probably worldwide, we have a pandemic of single parents, you know, mostly I think single moms that are raising kids by themselves. So we have in a sense, that's like a widow, you know, how the Bible used to say about widow, we have women on one salary and, and fathers too on one salary raising kids. And we have kids without fathers, kids without mothers, um, kids and a lot of foster children without either one. Um, so, you know, we need to be detectives every day. How can we help people? How can we help, um, an aging neighbor, just even a smile, bringing flowers, bringing, um, you know, bringing any joy, you know, maybe the Lord is moving on you to start to learn conversational wise, another language, because you have, there's people within your block, or there's people um, within your workplace, or, 
um, anything or, or that God is wanting you to communicate with, just to even bring gifts or whatever it is that you're good at. There's nothing that you do that is insignificant. You might be a great baker. You might be somebody who's, um, you loves to knit and you, you knit hats. Like there's always something you can do to, you know, make blankets. You'd be surprised. Go to an emergency room anywhere. It's real cold and people wait for hours and hours and hours. And, um, you know, if it's, if it's copus, what's that word? Copus. Okay. I won't even bother saying it, but if it's, if it's cool, you know, with hospital staff or whatever, just go into any emergency room and offer people who've been sitting there for 10 hours and don't feel well blankets. I mean, that's like one idea. Um, go to, um, homeless. I mean, you know, go to um, homeless embankments and start giving out blankets. There's always something that you can do um, that's in your hand to do. You don't have to be rich. You don't have to be famous. You don't have to be a genius. There's always something that you can do that's going to improve somebody's life on a daily basis, on an hourly basis. So getting back to um, what this reading was. And, and and you'll think to yourself, me, like, this is impossible. I've never done this stuff before. I'm not good at it. I'm not experienced. But here was Elijah, like, God was feeding him through ravens. He's like, you know, Elijah didn't have a course that he took in Bible school that said, and this is what you do when God tells you to speak in your words that there's going to be no rain until he says so. Like Elijah didn't have any experience in this, that you're going to actually confront a king, a president, a mayor, a governor. Like he, there was no textbook for him. He just like when, you know, on, on pure faith and he did this and then it was going to be really bad for him because there was going to be no job employment for him. And so God was like, no problem. I've got you. I'll feed you through the ravens. Huh? And then in verse eight, he says, um, then when the, um, brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. Okay. So that, that, um, um, that provision ended. Then he said, I got it. Then God was like, not, you know, late or anything, you know, he's God is never late. But then he says, go to a widow, um, Zarephath, Zarephath. He says, arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, if I'm saying it right, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. And not only is she a widow, if you read the text, she's getting ready to um, make the very last meal for her and son and die. They're that poor. You know, and he says, bring me some water. And when the widow brings him some water, then he says, now bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she says, as the Lord God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat and die. And so she's, they're starving to death. And she's saying, this is my last meal. There's a drought. We're done. And Elijah relates to this, you know, because, um, you know, we see when, when you read on, like in, um, in, in the next few chapters, like Elijah's like telling God, like, I'm done, just take me, you know, and, and, and things can get so bad. And we've seen them in our society where it just seems like it'd be better off if we weren't here anymore. But don't, don't give up. Don't, don't, don't. I'm telling you, like you woke up this morning for a reason. And, and the pos it's, 
you know, anything is possible with God that things can change beyond your wildest, wonderful dreams. So I just wanted to interject that. And then God um, feeds her and sustains her through the whole draught, through this widow, because um, Elijah says to her, he's led by the Lord to say this to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me and afterward make something for yourself and your son. Very interesting. He said, feed me first for thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not be spent and the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. Because of course, nothing was going to grow without the rain. So um, the Lord sustains the woman as long as she, in a sense, is going to lodge Elijah and feed him um, all the days until there was rain again. So um, something that came to mind, I wanted to share with you about that. Um, well, it will come to me. So all the time that the woman obeyed the word of the Lord through Elijah, um, the jar of flour was not spent. Neither did the jug of oil become empty according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. I wanted to say something about when God speaks to us. Um, we don't really know if God spoke to Elijah right at that second. It's like, then the word of the Lord came to him, arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. Maybe that's all he knew. And when he met the widow, it was at that second he knew what to say. He didn't know. He didn't know that this was, you know, so always be open second by second. You know, faith is always present. The spirit of God is always present. In John, I believe it's 1426, um, it, it, in the Amplified Bible, it describes the Holy Spirit as um, a standby, that he's always, um, you know, that the the comforter, our counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby. He's always there. And don't try to understand it with your mind. You know, at a very second when, you know, things, you don't have to plan and know everything, how it's going to work out right now. Just proceed in faith. Pretend, you know, act as if, put on, you know, put on faith, put on, like the Bible says, the new man, you know, um, the man of, um, uh, clothe yourself with faith, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. If that is, it's interesting we're talking about Elijah, but if that's the cloak that you decide to wear today. I once heard an actress say, a Christian actress say that um, actresses, um, understand, actors and actresses understand that a lot because when they decide to put on a role and they're acting like somebody else, it's like they're putting on this new character. Well, put on the character of God. Put on the character of God. Act as if because you are. So, you know, God gave you a godly imagination. Act, wake up in the morning and get before God and remind yourself that you are chosen, you are holy, you are dearly loved. According to Colossians 3, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And also, um, you know, see what adventure God has for you today. Like a detective, like who is God going to have me help today? What supernatural miracle is going to happen today? They happen every day of our life. 
every day if you just start to look. Ask God to open your eyes to see the wonder of life all around you, the wonder, the the beauty in other people all throughout your day. And also... Um, be very intentional that you're going to be forgiving. You're going to encounter some people that may be rude today. You're going to encounter some people that are hurting. You are going to encounter some people that, you know, for no reason are are going to be mean or rude or insecure. And just, you know, move on. Just brush it off. Forgive them as the Lord forgave you. And always be loving and always be one who's going to bring unity to any situation. Don't be a whisperer. Don't be a gossiper. Don't cause division between people. Don't be a bearer of bad news. We have enough that. Turn on the radio, turn on the TV. People make money off of bad news because they're scared and they turn on the TV to see what's going to happen next. You know, people, um, there's something in our flesh that likes drama, like in a very negative way, like negative drama. Oh, you know, just shun all that and just be, um, just be a messenger of joy today. Um, be grateful, be a detective. What can you be grateful for? Things won't change without your words. Speak it out, speak it out. Don't just be like how I was yesterday and walk around and daydream. I had all these ideas and, you know, I, I just struggled to speak it out. But now, you know, I, I got before the Lord and I, and that came to me, you know, the Lord was like saying to me, speak it, Mindy, speak it, sing it, say it, um, move on what I'm telling you to do. And so I know that whenever he gives me a word, it's for everybody. I'm not special. It's for everybody. I'm telling you, speak out, speak words of life, bring words of life to other people, speak the things that God tell us. Let the message of Christ that's in you dwell among you richly. I'm speaking the word right now, um, Colossians 3.16. Um, admonish one another, encourage one another, you know, um, think of a song that you love that is encouraging and just walk around and hum it, whisper it, um, sing, you know, keep gratitude going in your heart. Think of things that are joyful, that make you laugh, stir yourself up with the gift of God. You have an assignment today. Um, and so I just want to tell you, you know, that your words are important, death and life, are in in your words. You can bring life to somebody else. You can, you know, I I, I was speaking to a loved one a few days ago and the Spirit of God um, put on my heart that they weren't feeling well for an entire week and they had um, taken a risk and done actually a ministry video to children and they felt really bad about it. They felt it wasn't good enough. This particular person has been dealing with um, her vision going legally blind. So, um, she's used to sets being certain way. She's used to, um, she's used to doing things a certain way, but, um, this video that I saw was just amazing. It was a video to children and it was about, um, disabled children and how to embrace disabled children, how to children that are disabled to just celebrate themselves. It was such a lovely video and she was beating herself up about it and thinking it wasn't good enough. It didn't look good enough. It was amazing. So, um, you know, the, the spirit of God, I didn't hear an audible voice, but he said, you need to tell her that. And she's going to start feeling better. She's going to start to heal. I didn't even share this with her. I didn't share this with anybody till this moment. And then she's going to overcome the sickness. So I shared that with her, how amazing it was and how it was going to affect people. 
and and it was needed what she said and she needed to keep doing these videos and I didn't have to hear the praise report or anything but I knew that the next time I spoke to her she was going to be okay this is just one of those knowing things you know and she was she was okay um I'm sure there were other factors involved in her getting better I wasn't the sum total power person you know that had a magic wand to heal her but maybe this maybe the lord had 10 people tell her that day and maybe you know he also directed her to take a certain supplement that day i don't know i'm not saying i'm the sum total of it um but i know that i was part of her healing i know that by um just making a phone call and i already saw the video but i needed to tell her you know it's like you know again my words changed the situation with someone else and i just needed to tell her how good that video was and everything she was thinking was not true so anyways i am going to end this i just want to challenge you today what can you say to somebody today what can you speak out today that's going to change for the better um, somebody else's life. Get out of your comfort zone. Get out of your comfort zone and take a risk today for the glory of God. And I'm going to end with that. And yeah, take a risk today. Bless you. <laughs> this is Mindy Joy signing out.